Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's focus on the next million where our series uh, is looking at how we'll live, work and play in Metro Vancouver with 1 million more residents. Our population is expected to go from 2.8 million to 3.8 million by 2050, with communities south of the Fraser River supporting the highest growth in population and employment. The population of Surrey, Langley City and Langley Township is projected to increase by 420,000 people and add 147,000 new jobs by the year 2050. As the population community south of Fraser continue to grow, so does demand for housing, transit, more roadways, community centres, and of course greater pressure to build on agricultural land. Joining me now to talk a little bit about life in south of the Fraser and some of the huge challenges moving forward when it comes to growth is Eric Woodard. He's the mayor of the township of Langley. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, and thanks again for having me on. No, absolutely. So uh, is it, uh, and I just in this short intro, yeah. is it is it daunting? Is it quite, <laughs> do you sometimes get up in the morning and go, my God, how are we going to solve some of these issues? Uh, on a day-to-day basis, yeah, maybe. But uh, over the long run, I think uh, with our new council that was elected last November, mm-hmm. we've been pretty proactive in getting down to work very quickly to prepare for the future a lot better than I think we have in the last 10 or 15 years beforehand. Mm-hmm. I was on council for four years prior to becoming the mayor, so we got we got going to work very quickly, hit the ground running, and we've got a lot of issues to deal with, as you've sort of highlighted mm-hmm. in your introduction, from the amount of housing that we're expecting and the population increases that we're expecting south of the Fraser. Let's let's touch on housing just for a second. Um, what is your focus in regards to growth? We sometimes on this show talk about, or certainly I do, call it the death of the single family home. I exaggerate it, but it does speak to a different type of housing, a different era. Um, if people were to come to your council uh, and neighboring councils in your mind, what would your focus be today if you were to say, well, what, what would you like us to build? What would you say? I think we would like to say we'd like to build a range of housing types uh, within our urban areas. So right now we're very focused on getting some of the infrastructure challenges dealt with within the Willoughby area. Mm-hmm. Um, pre- my predecessors opened up a lot of urban land uh, very quickly over this over a very short period of time, and that's created a lot of infrastructure challenges from roads to sidewalks to bike lanes to community centers. And so one of the ways that we get some of those amenities finished is through development. And so we would we would probably prioritize locations as much as product type, and really looking for finding a higher supply of more affordable, attainable housing while still maintaining some single-family development in some areas. So when you say affordable, you're talking about uh, sort of two- and three-bedroom condos and townhomes? I think attainable. I think it's certainly a more of a spectrum, right? We're still building, a, you know, a lot of people can't afford to get a home, but, but if you can maybe rent or, or rent in Vancouver or Burnaby, you have a better chance of owning in Langley. And so we're looking at increasing the quantity of some of that more attainable housing within the Willoughby area, especially along 200 Street to really provide that justification for rapid transit on that corridor. How much demand is there for housing right now in South of the Fraser? I think the demand's there. The challenge being that a lot of the developers at the moment are struggling to get projects off the ground given a lot of macroeconomic factors around interest rates and the state of the economy and other factors that have very little to do with local government. The demand is growing, 
But in some cases, we've got these macroeconomic challenges as a region and as a country that is preventing some of that housing to get built. And and how much of that, uh, we, were, we were talking last week a little bit about Metro Vancouver and just the infrastructure of Metro Vancouver. Mm, yeah. How much of that holds you back? I'm just talking about sewers and those types of sort of broader issues. Yeah. So the regional government, I'm glad it's, you know, it's been more talked about recently. I'm a director of Metro Vancouver mm-hmm. and there's a difference between some sewer infrastructure. So Metro Vancouver will treat the wastewater and they'll put in the big pipes to deliver it to the wastewater treatment plants. But in local, in my community and in Surrey, where we're building a lot of new infrastructure, we have to deliver that wastewater from the home to the main pipe to Metro Vancouver. So a lot of local municipal infrastructure has to get built as well. And that's been one of the challenges that we've had. There's there's a significant upfront infrastructure cost and who's going to pay for that. And there's been a push, I think, recently to recognize that growth needs to pay for that. Otherwise, it will fall to taxpayers. And it's just an insurmountable burden to be adding to property tax. And so that's been great to see that debate happening here the last little while. Do you think south of the Fraser should go it alone? I mean, and I'm not trying to be confrontational here, but you have so, so you have specific needs. Some of these communities are more mature, like Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a young community. You're growing quickly. I, when I was out there, I see so many young families, incredible diversity. And sometimes the region can get in the way yeah. of fast-growing communities like Surrey and Langley. Do you think it would be better if you perhaps went it alone as a region south of the Fraser? Well, we're also one of the oldest municipalities in the province, yeah. so it's... Yeah, uh, and I get that, yeah, I but, get that, but you're in yeah. regards to your demographics, and yeah. that drives everything, right? So what we are, though, is we are building a lot of uh, new urban land designated within the regional growth strategy as urban land. This is not ALR land. We have a lot of farmland that we value and will continue mm-hmm. to protect. But on the urban corridors like 208th Street and 200th Street, um, we really are looking to, I think, maximize some of that growth potential for a lot of intangible reasons um, uh, that, that the economics bring that bring that uh, forward, that we have to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk transit for a second. But going uh, it alone, you're asking specifically about yeah. going it alone. I, I think that's a bit of a mixed bag. I think that, uh, you know, we are a little frustrated now and then with... Uh, you know, Vancouver are really sort of getting a lot of the mind share, not only from federal and provincial dollars, but also from Metro from Metro Vancouver. But for us to get into the wastewater treatment business or treating water, we've really wanted to grow up in that way and say, no, we're going to rely on the region and be part, be a regional partner in that regard. Mm-hmm. I think one of the areas where we really see that we're not serviced very well is within transit and TransLink. Mm-hmm. And that's probably been one of the historic wrongs within Langley that we're looking to get righted here in the next few years. And, and when you say... And I was going to ask that question when you write that wrong. Is it beyond just SkyTrain? I mean, it, it seems like the entire region has been. A, it's been a second. It's been second thought for most planners for a long time. I mean, uh, there's a definitely a regional focus within uh, Metro Vancouver, Burnaby, Richmond sort of areas. I mean, yeah. that's where the people are. So maybe that's been rational before. But as more people are coming into Surrey, I don't think we've seen the same investment in Surrey's growth rate and Langley's growth rate that we've seen when Vancouver and Burnaby were growing at the same stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we see SkyTrain that's been there for 35 years surrounded by single family homes. You know, why has it taken 30 years for that for that investment to be realized with housing? In, this, in south of the Fraser, I think you see a lot more openness at this time to say, okay, if, if we get more transit service, then we're going to push ridership by concentrating growth in our urban areas, which helps a lot with preserving Langley's character in our rural areas. One of the ways we maintain Murrayville and Walnut Grove and some of these single-family neighborhoods that we really value, mm-hmm. and then our agricultural areas really value these as part of Langley's identity, is to concentrate our growth in our urban areas. 
You are speaking to Eric Woodward, Mayor of the Township of Langley. We're looking at the tremendous growth south of the Fraser, and we're expecting another million people to move to Metro Vancouver by 2050. Our projections are that Surrey, Langley City, and Langley Township will probably see an extra 420,000 people moving into those three communities respectively, adding 150. 47,000 new jobs. So if you're wondering, we're going to grow, we're going to grow, folks, and we all know where they're going to move to. And a lot of it is Surrey, Langley City, and Langley Township as well. Give me a call in the open line if you have some questions. Uh, for Eric Woodward, 604-280-9898. Uh, let's go to Peter in Langley. Hi, Peter. Uh, Jazz and Eric, thanks for taking my call. So I live right on the Langley-Cloverdale border. I've been here for 15 years, and I also work for a major construction company. So the thing that I have a, a question Put with... The headphone. I'm really curious to know as to why, when you put in all your high density, why is the road infrastructure not developed first, and then you allow for the development of the uh, project? So to give you an example here, I'm going down 192nd, which everybody goes down in order to avoid 200th, and yet a lot of it's four-way stops, no lights. Uh, Another example, you go down 208, which is one lane each way, and yet there's major development all over the place. I mean, the traffic where I live in particular has tripled in the last five years. Peter, thanks I mean, for why, your call. Why the, why the roads? But why are the roads not looked at first rather than the development? Thanks, Peter, for your question. Yeah, so that's uh, been a chronic chronic problem with development, uh, especially in the Township of Langley, especially in the Willoughby area, where people have opened up, uh, previous councils have opened up community plans and then expected to receive that arterial road transportation infrastructure along with development. And that's led to, I think, a a very challenging result where you allow development all over the place at the same time, and you end up with this patchwork quilt of infrastructure. So we ran on a platform of solving that, and we're starting to call that roads and schools first. Mm -hmm. And we're widening 208 Street. We're looking at getting that finished by 2025, the 212 connector, uh, looking at how that's not going to repeat itself in the Fernridge area and really, really agree with the, with the caller in the sense that that model has to change mm-hmm. and that as we open up new areas that the roads have to be there first so the new residents can get around. Existing residents aren't dealing with that burden and that is a transitional thing that we're going through over the next few years, but we're definitely looking at changing that and ensuring that that's exactly addressed. Most people don't even think about that because if you're in a new area, you're building, you're building quickly and and, and, and and certainly you don't see as much of that in Vancouver, but certainly yeah. it is a Langley issue. All the right, cost well, up front would be significant, but once you reach a point with this many residents, it's yeah. really become irresponsible not to change the model. Makes sense. Let's go to uh, uh, Dustin and Langley. Hi, Dustin. Hi, Jazz. Uh, my question is basically sort of like the last guy there. Uh, other than you know, other than transit, what's, what's the plan for and 208, obviously, expansion. What's the other plans for road infrastructure? Because right now it's pretty busy as it is now, and it's only going to get worse, obviously, years to come. Dustin, thanks for your question. Yeah, so 208 Street, was we we ran on that, and that's one of the reasons we ran a team was to Mm -hmm. get that done. So that's become a symbol of sort of the failed model that the previous caller mentioned. So that's getting done by 2025. We'll be finishing these arterial road networks within the Willoughby area, which includes the 212 connector, 80th Avenue, 72nd Avenue, 202. And then the long-term plan, which hopefully becomes the short-term plan here very quickly, is to get rapid transit bus infrastructure on the 200th Street corridor to connect downtown Langley and Langley Sky 
SkyTrain to downtown Maple Ridge and Lougheed. And so these kinds of investments are needed. Now, the number 10 highway, which is also one of our biggest gridlock, that's a provincial road. And so we also need the province to step up and upgrade this infrastructure if they're going to call for us to develop housing at this pace. Last time, I think, there was a major expansion there. It shows how old I am. It was Jean Chrétien that was building, um, uh, I think it was the 176 of the border, and I think they expanded it at that time in the 1990s. I think Doug McCallum was on his first round as mayor at the time, so <laughs> shows how long I've been around. Would you like to see SkyTrain eventually expanded up 200th to the highway? It would make sense, you would think, for Abbotsford and Chilliwack residents yeah. to park and ride there and then to connect to the and yeah. then to head into town. So right now, the, the previous uh, mayor's council, uh, the Transport 2050, contemplated bus rapid transit, which has the same service delivery, almost a little bit faster than SkyTrain, more frequent, mm-hmm. less cost. And so the concern I would have is that if we sort of pull a McCallum and sort of demand SkyTrain, that we won't get anything mm-hmm. because of the prohibitive costs. And so I think we're willing to work with the TransLink, work with the mayor's council to say, okay, if we're going to be focused on bus rapid transit as the model for some of these corridors. Let's get that in place at the lower cost, and then let's you know let's see how it develops as a neighborhood, the density and the jobs that come with that, and then if that can justify SkyTrain in the future, that that would make a lot of sense. Do you need some a more rapid transit, some sort of rapid transit? It doesn't have to be SkyTrain, but uh, surface rail. Whatever it may be, it just seems to, okay, you got one line going in eventually at Langley City. That I understand. But with the growth that's there, do we need something more in that whole south of the Fraser area to get people perhaps closer to Patello or even into the city? Is there a need for a different type of transportation? And that is bus rapid transit. So while it sounds like a bus, it actually functions very similar to light rail or SkyTrain. It is dedicated travel lanes, dedicated stations, which are Mm -hmm. theoretically covered and enclosed. It's a high quality transit infrastructure, uh, which is, I think, is ideal for something like King George Boulevard or Scott Road or 200 Street, which to me should be the priorities, um, given that uh, we haven't seen the transportation infrastructure investments that Vancouver and Burnaby have seen to mm-hmm. support their growth. I think it's clear that we need that for our congestion challenges, and that will allow us then also to see road infrastructure go in all throughout Langley and Fraser Highway as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that really the long-term plan has to be a combination of goods movement capability, roads for residents, and transit options. Uh, we've got about thirty seconds left. Let's go to uh, Jay and Langley. Hi, Jay. Hi, Jay. Uh, hi, Jazz and Eric. I think the bylaw, the development bylaws are, are antiquated. I don't know if a lot of people know, but you can't develop in a lot of these places if you don't have a school site and a detention pond. Why doesn't the, the, the township actually do that work first and get that paid by the developers later on? It, there's no development happening because we have all this land that can't be developed. Jay, thank you for your call. Uh, that's always a constant issue is do you build the infrastructure first and then invi- invi- invite, the, the, I guess, developers or vice versa, I guess, yeah. right? And the, the caller is highlighting a, a great challenge that we've got in Langley. We've got a lot of urban land that we can't open up because of the upfront infrastructure costs are so high around detention infrastructure or school sites. Of course, you can't develop an area if you don't have a site for a school or you don't have anywhere for the rainwater to go, but that upfront cost is becoming prohibitive in a lot of our areas. And we've raised this very aggressively, very proactively with the province and the federal government mm-hmm. because we can only fund that particular infrastructure upfront from property taxes, we can recover it over time, as the caller said, but with the upfront cost is so high, $50 million, $100 million, that would prevent, I think, council from building a recreation center, for example. So it's a balance that we have, and the levels of government calling on us to build more housing need to help us with that infrastructure if they wish to see 
us accelerate housing, and we have brought that to them and so far haven't received the response we want. Eric Woodward, thank you for your time today. Thank you.